I am the forest and the forest is me, green and true. So much changes, but not the color of spring leaves, verdant and alive. When I was young, I could only dream of being what I am now, or so I tell most of my children. I can't really remember those dreams or the person that dreamt them. I remember how those dreams were retold time and again to each new growth. I know they've changed, the dreams, the retellings, but I could not tell you how. My dreams are different than they were before. You are special, my little one. You can bear to hear the dreams unspoken. I'll miss my green barks when they are gone, but everything ends. I've been old for so long. I could be young again. I can be anything. But young seems so rootless. I prefer being slow, deliberate. I have time. Time changes everything. Most of all, it changes me. I'm at war now. Green and gold tearing trunk from root. Maybe I should be swift. Swift like my children. Swift like my saplings. I can grow to be anything. The things I care for and love, they die when I am so slow. Because I am slow. Everything grows back. It always does. And I love what comes next just as much. I always do. Or, so I tell myself. Greetings, my trans-dimensional friends. The Crooked Thibble is still operating up here in the frozen Northlands of Sweden. It's cold here, but it is an unusually warm winter. I have a new game coming out soon, and the business of that upcoming launch will keep me tied up for quite a while. Once we're clear of that, though, I hope to begin putting together new episodes. That's enough real-world adventure. Let's get back to our heroes at Umbral Gorge? Or whatever it is they're calling it now. Kaya, Isolde, and Reed have prepared to ambush the forces holding Princeling and Flux. However, their targets will not come willingly. Our heroes will need to use cunning to get close enough to free their enchanted allies. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Crooked Thimble Plays Iron Immortals. I am your host, Trick Dempsey, your dungeon master, your game master, your storyteller, whatever highfalutin terms you feel like using. Today, I am joined by three phenomenal players. Joining us today, playing Isold Heisenberg, is Bob Poteet. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing great today. How are you doing, Trick? I'm doing all right. I had a rough morning, but I, I think I'm pulling through to having a good evening. Playing Kaya Wellsmythe is Hannah Garbaz. Hannah Garbaz, how are you doing today? You know, I slept in after my son woke me up, so I'm feeling good. Well, well, that is all right. And playing Impediment Reed, we have Brianna Dempsey. Brianna Dempsey, how you doing? In a haze of code, but excited. I'm on a code binge right now. It's pretty great. I've heard you over there throwing some shader. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible joke. I like it, though. You're welcome. Today's agenda is a little different than other days, uh, but I'm going to repeat our three primary tenets because we are playing Dungeon World, and then there's going to be another one. Our, our agenda, as always, is to portray a fantastic world, fill the characters' lives with adventure, and play to find out what happens. In addition, today, our three heroes, Isold, Impediment, and Kaya, are simply going to try to survive. Yeah, that's going to be a hard one. We'd also like to rescue those guys. That would be ideal. That would be ideal. 
the situation you find yourselves in, illustrated by this beautiful map made by our very own artist, Trick Dempsey. Oh, it's so lovely. If only you, you listeners at home could see this map, you would be blown away. Yeah, the inf- information density is so high that we can't even actually store it on the internet at large or it would break. We don't want to break the internet. Nope. You have all set up an ambush here at Umbral Gorge, deep inside of the yellow woods of the eastern Verdwood, which you might want to change the name of at some point, because Verdwood does mean green. You are facing off, or will be shortly facing off, against 14 warriors and a giant lion tegu. You've scouted them out. You know approximately what their capabilities are, although there are types of soldiers you have never seen before amongst the number of the enemy. But you have the advantage. You are setting up your ambush in a narrow glade within a gorge, which will prevent the enemies from teleporting through the trees. The north side of this gorge has a thinned area of trees the enemies will be approaching through uh, from in the direction of Semel Atsum that will also further hinder their ability to teleport through the woods. The gorge itself is cut deep into the under canopy, all the way down to the ground of this petrified root forest, enabling you a safe area away from the lion tegu inside of the uh, these petrified under canopies on the east and west side. And finally, throughout this gorge and the forest surrounding, a very strange lotus, toner lotus, uh, is abundant. This toner lotus, when aggravated, will spew forth an inky black cloud, which will shortly settle, but nonetheless will envelop the area in total darkness. Your enemies approach. You have with you also five accomplices, allies maybe? Riku the burglar, Anton the protector, Tristran the alchemist, Eustace the useless, and Hulk the scout. Poor Eustace. Poor Eustace. Where, as this diagram indicates, would Impediment Reed like to, or where would you guys like to be set up when this trouble begins? Oh, I don't remember what our plan was. Oh, I thought the plan was we engage them, they get bunched up, uh, We I throw a mask killer spell at them, and that will hopefully break a bunch of them out of their masks. I do believe we also intended to let as many of them as possible pass by before we engaged the ones that were involved with our target, so that we were facing less than the full complement. Right? That is accurate, though they tend to stay. They'll never be fully divided, but they will be more divided coming through this gorge than anywhere else in the forest. I would also add, in addition, um, something else that was discussed is that you, Kaya, have a spell which will black out a large space, making it fall under darkness. Right, and that we were going to use that in combination with the toner. Um, lotuses to make the blackness appear to be natural and not uh, to further the ambushiness of them. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't be suspicious when they entered the blackness. Perhaps we should establish the blackness before they... How long can you maintain it? Um, 
double check. It's an ongoing, so uh, you will be at minus one to cast other spells. Yeah. But you can maintain it theoretically forever. That's kind of what I thought, was that it was ongoing, but I couldn't do anything else spelly whilst trying to do that without taking a penalty. Uh, I mean, you can, you're just going to get bad at it. Yeah, well, you know, how fortuitous that spell working is not my primary. It's not, it's not your main thing. Okay, knowing that you're also trying to get close to two of the uh, members of this group, do you want to divide yourselves up into uh, advantageous positions on this here map? That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, I am probably going to be most useful as a distraction or uh, taunting bait. Riku immediately volunteers to be on pickup crew for grabbing the uh, the Flux and Princeling, as does Hulk. And so Riku and Hulk have sort of slipped into the undercanopy on the west side. Their hope is that, that isolated and alone, they will be able to grab Princeling and Flux and get them away from the rest of the group. Uh, they know that they need to get them to you guys because you have the solvent. Get the masks off them. How much solvent do we have? I can't remember precisely what I said, but I believe that each of you have one dose. Of mask solvent. Of mask solvent. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we made we made three, so each one of us has one. I've also prepared the mask killer spell, um, which will require sacrificing something that we have that is of the woods. Correct. But I'm not sure what it is that I would be sacrificing. I thought you knew one object that definitely was. Yeah, me too. I thought that was part of it. Right. So, which one is it? Ah, crap. <laughs> Isolde, what do you know? What does Isolde know that Bob doesn't know? Ah, <laughs> oh, God, I hate, it when that, I hate it when that happens. Are you keeping secrets from yourself again? No, I locked away the secret technique. Uh, we already destroyed the whip at this point, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yes, but we had another thing, didn't we? Um, the No, that doesn't do anything, because that's just the rod of magic missile. Yes, and is not actually something of the woods. Right. Technically, I have these sunflower hand grenades. Uh, you do. You have sunflower hand grenades. Yep. I they am. might count. They might be enough of a sacrifice. They're pretty cool. We did not determine whether or not the hammers were... The tar uh, that you have, the control tar, uh, I believe you determined was essentially dead. It was of the forest, but isn't now. Uh-huh. That's tough. I can't remember the full list of weird-ass items you guys have picked up from around the woods. I thought I thought Isold was keeping track of this. I mean, I was at some point, though. I kind of lost my notes. Or, my notes are written in multiple places. It would take me a while to gather them up. <laughs> I probably should do that someday. <laughs> that that sounds very, very Isold-like. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we also determined that it would be a very poor idea to do it with your collection of uh, of player-generated oozes. Yeah, don't don't do it with the ooze. Bad plan. Yeah, I don't want to detonate you guys. No, please. Yeah, that's sort of the concern. I don't particularly feel like becoming a bomb. Uh, if you have a blight sample, that would count. The 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 weird blight that you found inside of the 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 western verdwood. Oh, did we? Hmm. Oh, d didn't 
didn't Issel take a sample of the the the, the sap the the spider? Oh yeah, the blighted sap. You have a sample of the blighted sap, and that would definitely count. Oh good. Oh, write that down. Rad. People listening to this weeks from now will be like, dude, you guys said this on like the last episode. Eh. We can remember. We're fans. Yep. Eh. Hey, we have fans. The baddies are going to be passing through the gorge itself. If you wanted to be able to be an excellent distraction is uh, impediment, you could hang out in the gorge, but that will give away the game very quickly. <laughs> they will notice you before entering the gorge, if that is okay. the case. Okay. So you could be at either of the gorge tops, you could be inside of the under canopy, you could even be at the gorge ex- exit if you want to imperiously, you know, exit from the woods. However, the chances of them noticing you like, let's say they're coming in through in a long line. You'll be noticed, you know, when the first of the line reaches there. Hmm. Strategery. I can't move Anton, but I would like him to be, like... Sure. Uh, so Anton is at the top of the gorge. Tristran and Eustace. Uh, vo- actually, really, Tristran voices an interest in standing by Anton at the top of the gorge uh, so that Tristran and Eustace can attempt to provide fire support. Hmm. Their intention is to flee before there's any trouble, because Tristran and Eustace are not super capable fighters. So, question as far as routes for fleeing the Mm -hmm. combat area. From the gorge top, where can people go? From the gorge top, you can go down into your under canopy. There are, you can just essentially pass through spaces underneath trees. Okay. Uh, Now, remember, these are actually illustrating much larger areas so if you've gotten mixed up in a fight or whatever uh you may lose track of the entrance that you've that you've been trying to keep an eye on so you may need to try to find a new one Mm -hmm. but they they exist these are this is a swiss cheese of uh of combat locations cool and where is the the caves the caves is everything labeled under canopy so it is the the entire width of the gorge. So imagine that that gorge top and under canopy, those are technically overlapping each other. Right. So don't consider them to be like one's north of the other. Like they're one's above, one's below. Okay. So are we actually thinking of this as a a slice and not an overhead map? This is still an overhead map. It's just those two sections are... Okay. Occupying the same space on the east or the so, west. So I can say I'm standing at the front of the, at the, at the northern edge of the gorge in the under canopy, and that makes sense. Uh, yes. Uh, if that were the case, you would want to be in the under canopy section, though, so that we can... Okay. So, I just, you know, I don't want to be where they can do cool teleporty things. <laughs> this seems like a bad idea. Although, leaving Isold all by herself also seems like not necessarily the best of ideas. Who knows what she'll get up to. In fact, impediment, impediment, I think I can probably take care of myself, but Isold is very squishy. I mean, Isold, do you want to just hang out with Alchemist Gang and Anton the Protector at the top of the gorge? I feel very safe with Anton the Protector. I feel protected. So, mm-hmm. right. It's right there in the I name. think that's pretty wise. Yeah, yeah I, in yeah. fact, am going to assign Anton the Protector to protect Isold. That is his job. That's his job. 
Nice. All right. For causing uh, an additional layer of distraction, do you guys think uh, let them get partway through the canopy, then you guys are going to trigger your various magics, and, like, I jump in and try and sort things out? I don't know. (laughs) Well, I figure. I just fight. I don't have any magic tricks. Well, remember that your goal is to get two guys out and hit them with the solution before they... Because they're going to be able to, to do all of the wood shifting stuff. Okay. So they are they are not going to be compliant. Right. Yeah. Uh, and they may very rapidly turn into essentially thorn bushes. Yeah. I'm very concerned about that. More your ability to swiftly get someone someplace where you can restrain them and use the solution potion on them is sort of higher importance than than leaping in and beating a bunch of people up. Uh-huh. I'm going to designate that I have three of my arrows that I have blunted the tips of and could use them to knock people out. I I will give you that bizarre we will accept fantasy arrows that can do this. Boxing glove arrows. Yeah, this is this is a very green arrow thing to do. If you're hitting somebody hard enough to knock them out, you're either doing hitting them someplace really specific, or you're probably going to send them into a coma. That's true with fists too. That's true with fists. Most yeah, knockouts rarely last more than ten seconds. Normally they last a couple of seconds. But we will take as fiction that you have three arrows specifically that you as a ranger can make a shot with that will knock someone out. And they will wake up at a dramatically appropriate time. I love it. Dramatically appropriate is good. Yeah. Okay, so my revised plan is that I'm going to try and get to one of our two targets. Uh, and actually, can I just use the solvent on them? You could. If you're doing it without someone helping to restrain them or some sort of like technique used to hold them down, putting yourself in danger, that kind of stuff. Wrestling. Wrestling in general. Then you run the chance of actually wasting, like, essentially I'll give you a roll plus, like, int to apply it correctly at that point. Okay. Uh, and you'll you'll need to get it, like, on there, resist, or, you know, okay. we'll figure out okay. precisely how that fits with the narrative at the time. But if you can get someone's help to restrain them, and that person isn't, like, being ripped to shreds by wooden barbs, then applying the solution is just a thing you do. Okay. Um, so this treeless gorge, is it void of all life? or is? I mean, it's got, like, green stuff growing in it, and it's got the lotus, the toner lotus. Okay, okay. It's like, like let, let's imagine that it's, like, fucking bathed in toner lotus. Okay. So, for instance, while we could not hide in it, Angus is fully capable of doing so. Angus could- I would give low-profile Angus the ability to hide amongst the toner lotus. Awesome. Angus's low-profile job is to hide amongst the toner lotus, and then, at the dramatically appropriate moment, agitate the toner lotus, thus rendering us dark. It, dark. Let me see if I can get a cat. Yeah, why don't you have an Angus? Because everyone forgets the animal companion. We've used him really well this campaign. I feel like Angus has done really well for me. This chapter of the campaign has been much better at at having uh, named characters actually exist, specifically Angus. Yeah. Yay. Now remember, he's stubborn. He's stubborn. Yes. 
He is. All right. Uh, question. You hear them approaching from the north. You can hear the, the sort of shiver and pop that they make as they burst from tree branch to t- tree branch. Oh, who's going to give the signal for when it... I Right, of course, Angus is going to make darkness happen. Right. <laughs> That's the signal. Duh. Uh, no. My I, question is, are you going to shroud it in darkness first? I... I... That that is a question that I should not be th- that we should decide because either we can shroud it in darkness first, or we can allow the darkness to emit from the lotuses after they've gone through, and then I can apply my magical darkness, which will just enhance the darkness of the lotuses. I think honestly, by the time it's going down, they'll figure out something is going down pretty rapidly. So. Yeah, I figure springing it on the first few of them, unless our targets are in those first few is probably a good idea. The only question is, do we think we can, like, do we think that if, you know, we can get some of them to have already exited and then spring the darkness, then they might have trouble coming back because it will be so dark. Mm. I don't know. It's trees. Seems fair. Yeah, I'm just thinking that you want to trigger the darkness with the first people who come into the zone. Because that will slow down the people behind them as they see, ah, there's, there is trouble ahead. We must approach cautiously. That gets them bottlenecked and grouped up, which is one of our primary goals. Because if we can get them grouped up and I drop the mask killer spell in the middle of them, that will kill oh, yeah. more of oh, their masks. Yeah. That might, yes. if we're lucky, end the encounter immediately. I don't anticipate that happening. But I'm hoping that it can even the odds, because right now we're outnumbered two to one. Yeah, yeah, that would be, I like that. Okay, that is plan. Did you say whether or not you were actually casting the spell ahead of time? You're not, right? Not. Okay. So you hear them approaching. It's a, a tangle of familiar and unfamiliar sounds as the the strangest thing, the only, the you are the only one who knows this sound, Kaya, is how they actually sound passing through the trees, because they dive into one end, the very extreme of a branch sort of blossoms open with an orifice and lets them slide into it as though they were going into like the blood vessels of the tree, essentially. And the whole forest is just a bunch of capillaries and they are pushed through by capillary action. You hear this sound happen uh, sort of rapidly as the first set of them approaches. This group a group of six creatures enter into the thin tree cover that that halts their progress initially. There are amongst them two of the dry masked warriors. Their names are Greycap and One Arm. Greycap has a something strange has happened to the top of their head that has just left it this slate gray against their dark skin. And One Arm, one of their arms is made of that sort of leathery flesh that you're used to seeing, and the other one is just a tree. It's Groot's arm. It's just animated wood. Ahead of them is a line of three, as you've come to know them, wet warriors. Two of them, red face and black feathers, wear the uh, traditional yellow robes of the people of Semel Atsum, but one of them, Flux you guess must be Flux. 
is a uh, is a thin is a svelte looking person uh fluxes of unclear sex inside of a mix of steel and leather armor steel leather and carapace little steel river rivets on this carapace armor but in amongst the set of them is a strange looking fellow who i will tell you now is vedrin so that we can be able to reference this large cast of characters vedrin is wearing a bear's mask but it doesn't cover their mouth they are shouting orders in a language you don't recognize but it seems to be urging caution to the uh, mast to the wet mast warriors that are ahead of him. He wears an armor made up of wooden slats, and he carries in his right hand a blade made of stone, a sharp-looking blade made of stone. They're at the northern edge of the gorge, just beginning to march into the gorge itself. What do you do? I'm waiting for the darkness to drop. Yeah, I'm not gonna... Angus isn't isn't supposed to drop it until the first um, group gets about halfway. Yeah, we want him to get into the gorge. Is old. He's gonna say, steady boys, steady. Stand your ground, men. Stand your ground. This first group is a little ways in. When the second group materializes isn't the right word but appears inside of the thin northern tree cover. These ones look totally different than any that you have seen before. One is the lion tegu, which is massive. You 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 thought of it as a lion because it's got this lion's mane wooden mask coming off of it, but it appears even larger than the guardian that you, you saw before at Harris Reka. Not by much, but enough. This is larger than the largest big cat you have ever seen. This is comparable to a very large horse. Surrounding it, seemingly also not traveling through the trees, except when absolutely necessary, are three uh, half-masked serpent-mask-wearing people who have on ritualistic-looking armor. Uh, They have the same yellow robes that others are wearing uh, that you've heard is the common thing in Semel Atsum, but they also have on them these metallic scales. Maybe they're silver, maybe they're gold. Uh, you can't tell inside of the, the sort of flashes of lights that are breaking through the canopy. But behind them is someone completely covered in these ornamental, beautiful, shifting silver and gold scaled metal armor who carries a, a ritualistic-looking staff. Um, and this group pauses for a moment, just beyond the edge. Eh, grid snapping. As you see that the lion tegu is essentially calling back to the trees, urging them to allow one final group into the gorge. Now that this group has reached the edge of the northern entrance, what do you do? It's time to give the signal to Angus to move carefully and agitate the, the lotuses. But Angus is expected to move away, correct? Oh, yes. Angus is not supposed to move towards them. He is supposed to make a um, a lotus aggravating exit, um, not towards, not completely to the exit, all the way to the exit, and then, you know, over to where um, impediment is. That does sound like an exalted charm. Lotus aggravating escape. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
Angus begins to to shift and shiver and doing like his best cat like impression because you notice that it's like oh he's crawling he's sneaking he's he's stealthing he's hunting his prey but also the moment that the lotus blossoms start to sort of like bloom this darkness around him he's suddenly a very big cat who has found a very strange toy <laughs> and he starts to bat at them and he's not making the progress that you expect and hope and want him to make towards impediment. What do you do? Um, I'm going to cast the spell. All right. Uh, give me a roll plus whiz. That's going to be a 10. 10's good. You, you keep the spell. It goes off without a hitch. How large an area do you want to cover? Do you just want to fill the entire gorge so that you and your friends are totally unaffected, but the gorge is completely pitch black? Yep. All right. Uh, how do we find our targets in that? Or is it just that Isolde's going to try the spell first? Shit, just do it. We'll we'll figure it out. It'll be great. This is the first time you've actually cast this, correct? Mm-hmm. What does it entail? What what do you do to actually get it to happen? It's very odd. Um, when I use my my flute, I blow on it, and no sound comes out. But instead, a very fine dust starts to emit in from it, but then it just kind of ceases to be dust and becomes darkness, and it just flows slowly from from me and in a giant it very quickly becomes dispersed it's not like darkness it's like darkness like a fog rolling in except darkness except darkness and not necessarily like it's all emanating like spouting from my location it just kind of very rapidly becomes a giant cloud that, that kind of just envelops and moves and undulates in interesting and creepy ways the uh Alchemist with a staff named Draga, who is standing by the lion tegu, is the first to crawl to call out, and that is responded to by Vedrin, the bear warrior who was leading the front group, and the front group begins to charge across the the gap as it begins to fill up with blackness. Oh, Angus. The Tegu and its compatriots do not move forward, but instead you hear the Tegu calling out to the trees and the trees calling back. And you hear that final group essentially land among them. I have a question that might be a terrible idea. Yes? So, the last time I got high off of myself... Mm -hmm. uh, I could see the difference between Stillwood and not yep have we done that with the masks i can't remember uh have you done that can you tell the difference between a mask from one place or another or what do you mean yeah you can tell uh you could see that the masks themselves are yellow wood are golden wood mostly i'm curious if i should get high before diving into the darkness after our targets uh that's that is a question for you do you want to give that a try? Because it may allow you to see in the darkness. It does, it does sound like the kind of thing Reed would do. It does sound like a, like a very green bark thing to do. Alright, she's doing it. Give me a roll plus con to defy the danger of ingesting this poison on the hurry. Again. Again. Uh, do I get any special rolls on this? Let's see. 
I mean, to some degree, you are chasing an earthly pleasure at a really unusual time, so you could roll a 1d6 plus 1d8. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, shit. What have you got? Well, it's a 10, but... Great. The d6 is higher. For the audience's enjoyment, could you say what the effect of having a higher d, uh, d6 is? Let's see. Uh, while pursuing one of your appetites... If the d6 is the higher die of the pair, the GM will also introduce a complication or danger that comes about due to your heedless pursuit of your appetite. All right. So you dose yourself on this uh, internal medicine. Let's say that this is called internal medicine. (laughs) And it does exactly as you hoped. You look out and you see three people wearing what you would describe as normal now masks, but you only see the masks. You see two essentially full skeletons, uh, mask plus roots going all the way through of Goldenwood. That's horrifying. And then you see one person who's got a Goldenwood mask on. It's only a half mask, but the wood runs all the way down, down through their spine out through the back of their skull, down their spine, and then back into their heart. So you can see a beating heart, a mask, and the cord holding them together. Oh, that's horrifying. You see this in the darkness. One of those three golden masked simpletons, the simplest of them, is Flux. But you don't know which. What do you do? She knew which one it was before. Uh, Once the darkness fell, they're, they're shifting around, so she doesn't know where they're positioned. I think I'm going to try and go to the first one and go by feel, actually. Um, Because Flux has armor on, if I remember right. That's correct. I'm going to try to tell Angus to sneak around their legs and trip them up. He's a cat. He can see in the dark. Give me a uh, roll plus chaw to successfully get his attention in what is rapidly becoming kind of a loud, anxious moment. Okay, and I do have the speak with and understand animals, so it will not sound like a human. Correct. Okay, cha. That's just a straight 2d6. No. Yeah, because Kaya, not very charismatic. Oh, Kaya, you underestimate yourself. You're very charismatic. That's a five. That's a five. That's not great. Nope. Ouch. Well, you, you told me cha. Which... Yep. Cha. That's how it goes. So, Angus replies with essentially a snarl of message received. Then you hear a sort of retort from someone nearby and a a flurry of cat-related violence. Oh, that went very well. Impediment. You see one of the people, one of the masks drop, and the rest of them sort of formed a circle around the person who fell and is struggling and fighting. What do you do as you exit the darkness? Well, exit into the darkness, I guess. I'm still going to go for the first of the normal looking ones that I can get to, because I still can't tell which one's wearing which kind of armors. And I am going for essentially more wrestling than weapon fighting at the moment, because I need to get hands on to find out what the hell they have on them. Can you give me a... uh... Test of your observational skills, a role plus, a defy danger whiz. Okay. 
Oh, fuck me. Oh, ow. Oh. That is the worst it could possibly do. You, uh, Mark XP, by the way, Kaya, Mark XP. Yes, I forgot to do that. Impediment. You find someone, and you touch cold metal, maybe it's stone, on them. And you grab them, and you slam them to the ground. And your, your, your hand goes to your hip. You know exactly where the, the, the solvent is. It's perfect. You have them. And you grab them by the cloth of their robe. And you go, no, I don't have the right person. You are currently pinning down the one labeled red face. Okay. The, the others around you are not lashing out to attack you yet. But Redface, you can see the transformation happening as you can see through their skin. In fact, it's the only thing you can see in the darkness as blades began to work their way down their arms and out their hands. Well, I think uh, I'm going to have to be really sorry to this person if they make it through this alive, but I think that I need to break and rip the mask off of their face. Uh, give me a roll plus strength? Yep. Oh, I am just failing all oh, over the place no. today. Oh, hot damn. Let me uh, let me pull out a different sheet real quick. Mark XP. Mark yep. XP. Lift drink. I need a harder drink. Would you roll me a 1d8, please? <laughs> That'd be a four. You take four damage as you, you reach for his mask, and he just uh, puts his hand up in front of yours, and his claw, his his fingernails are already spikes, and so you reach down to grab the face, and you lance your own hand on their claws. Um. So, uh, is that piercing damage? Uh, it's not. Okay. So you're you're clawed up. It's not like your horror movie impaled at this time. Okay. But it's not good, and you involuntarily let out a cry of pain, one that Angus. Also matches. Oh, poor Angus. Isold. Yes. You've been observing as best you can. That's right. I'm waiting for the right moment when the rear is bunched up, uh, particularly around the lion tegu. And if I can see one of the broken hearts, what do they call them? Uh, not not Flux, but Princeling? Was that his name? Uh, Princeling is the one in the rear. Yeah. So at this moment... Princely, you're, you're hearing the cries of pains of two of your companions, one human and one not. And that's when you see that this rear guard group has burst forth into the, uh, as basically you see the brief moment where they transition from being inside of those thin woods to just diving headlong into the darkness enveloping the gorge. Good. You're not certain how many of them are through and just deep into the inky blackness since they're sprinting, since it's an open area, and how many of them are not. It will depend on your timing. I think now's the time to strike when they have passed the, uh, or they're, they're moving past Draga and the Lion Tegu. That is, that is the time to throw the spell. Give me a roll plus int. That's right. This is cast a spell check. Well, that's an eight. That's an eight. So you're going to choose to uh, lose the spell uh, or take the other regular penalties. Well, since I'm sacrificing an item to do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose that spell. There's no sense in, in holding on to it for now. All right, then there's another move you must make in addition. Yes. Give me a roll plus int to get your timing correct. 
Righto. Well, that's a 13, so... 13 is damn good. I'm gonna cross off the blighted sap sample, which I really hoped I could study more, but you know what? There's probably more blight going around somewhere. Instead, tossing that bomb down... You grab the blighted sample and you infect it with this this essentially mask-killing contagion. And then you throw it, as you said, like a hand grenade. And it drops into here, and you can actually see something terrible happen with the darkness that surrounds them as this detonation occurs. All of that darkness in the air, which is itself just essentially a toner-like gas, just concentrates, turns this, this pale purple... And falls to the ground, and so briefly you can see all one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people who are affected by this blast. You see the masks fall off of the first one that you see is actually the flint-handed, dry masked warrior. They're they've just got these pitch black hands, just falls to the ground their mask turning to dust in front of them, and their body soon to follow. Princeling, Golden Crown, and Blue Claws all tumble to the ground and as their masks topple off. However, Dejan, the bear warrior, his mask falls off, and he just grips his sword tighter and stands still looking around for his attacker. Uh, the same is true of Deva, Jedin, and Tri, as they, their masks falling off, do not suddenly break free of some sort of distant control. I was worried about that, but... Draga, the leader of these snake cultists, his mask remains. The lion tegu's mask shatters, falls to the ground, and the tegu now looks around, dazed and confused. You can see all of this. However, oh yeah, and you're at the northern side, correct, Kaya? Yeah. I'm... You can also see all of this. What do you do? Um, I'm going to drop the darkness and toss a sunflower gra- grenade at uh, Draga. Give me a roll plus dex to uh, direct that. I guess it's going to be a, I guess it's a volley action. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. we had that noted as, yeah. as volley. Ow, that's a five. Wait, 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 is well it wouldn't matter if it was a six or a five. No, it is a five. No. But that's that's bad. Alright. So you uh you prep this oh god, no, you're using an alchemical grenade. Yeah. And you failed. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. yep. It's strange. You you let out like a battle cry as you you've No battle cry. Just just FYI. What? No battle no, cry? No. I'm not making any sound. I don't want to call attention to where I am. Well, the sound you make is the sound of, uh, essentially, you have to prime it for all intents and purposes. You pull off one petal from one of these grenades, and now it's a a lit grenade. And Draga is just looking straight at you. Ah. And as you make the throw, the, the, the opening in the roots that you were going for just slams closed as one of the stone petrified roots moves into place to block it. Please roll me 1d8. Uh. Three. You take three damage, and Riku cries out in pain and falls to the ground, part of him burned from the explosion. As he is down here in the under canopy with you, Hulk was too far away to be affected. Oh no. Oh no. Shit. 
Hulk dives out from the... Now there's some fire down here with you, and you are unclear whether it will spread or not inside of this environment. As much as the roots down here have been petrified and made of stone, this is still a very living forest. There's uh, moss and other strange things growing down here inside of these caverns. And Hulk dives out into what was once the inky blackness of the gorge to recover his friend. Impediment. So what did I miss? <laughs> Everyone on the north side of the uh, of the gorge has been demasked. But no particular change in my totally effed situation. Your totally effed situation goes unchanged. However, the darkness has been dropped, and you can now see that you are holding slash being held by Redface. Uh, Flux is squaring off with you. Uh, to try to, to, to fight you off of Redface. Uh, Angus has not been kind to Blackfeathers, who is now very badly injured. Mm. As Angus, having given up on the trip attack, has just gone with being a giant cat that does terrible things to people. Yep. One Arm, Greycap, and Vedran are about to descend upon Angus. Man, I love that cat. I'm going. If I'm able to, I'm gonna disengage from Redface and try and. Uh, Angus is too big to sweep up, but I don't know. Push him out of the way. That sounds like you're you're attempting a defend of a person or place. Yeah. Give me a roll plus con. Yeah. That's a nine. Nine's good. You've got hold. You get hold one with uh, all of the weird effects of that move. Okay, cool. So I can either use that to redirect an attack from the thing I'm trying to defend to myself, half the attack's effect or damage, open the attacker to an ally, giving that ally plus one forward against the attacker, or deal damage to the attacker equal to my level. Greycap, one R. Uh, actually, let's say it this way. Vedran, the, uh, the bear warrior. Uh-huh. You... You step essentially over Angus because you can. Because uh-huh. you're that tall. You're impediment reed, damn it. Uh-huh. As Vedran leads Greycap and One Arm into a strike against Angus, they are uh, essentially Vedran, uh, Greycap and One Arm have sprouted these sort of long wooden claws, each on sort of one hand, like they have one terrible talon each, uh-huh. and are lashing out to try to f- trap Angus. As Vedran brings down his stone blade at the cat. Please let me know when I can shoot the bear man. Yep. Uh, oh, I can only redirect one attack. Uh, it's it's essentially Vedran is making a specific attack. The other two are, are assisting. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna... I want to intercept that and maybe chop off one of those wooden claw arms with my axe. You need to roll for me. Roll for me 2d8 damage. Mm. And tell me both of the dice. They are both sevens. That's real bad. Yes. You take seven damage as you, uh, you're still in wrestling. Like, you don't have, like, your, your poleaxe isn't out, per se. It's essentially stowed right now, correct? Probably, yeah. Because you were, you were wrestling? Yeah. Crap. So you do your best to, like, samurai redirect Vedran's blow, but this best was simply not good enough. That 
hand that was stabbed earlier by trying to grab Redface has started to go numb. And that makes it so that you don't quite feel when you begin to press your hand against the blade. And he just slices your arm for seven damage. He slices you up real good. That left arm of yours is now essentially useless. Hey, I'm almost even now. My last time I got into a death trap, it was my right arm that got mangled to near uselessness. Uh, we're part of the Bureau of Balance, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah. That's great. That's groovy. Ugh. Vedran's attention is elsewhere, Kaya. All right. That would be that would be a time to attack using a normal arrow, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I get an eight to attack. Uh, an eight to attack is great. You can spend ammo, you can uh, put yourself on the spot, and you can do some other thing, which I can't remember. I will I will spend the ammo. All right. Uh, roll your damage. Three. So uh, you strike him on the shoulder, but it actually like strikes into that weird wooden armor that he has. And so it it seems to have hurt him. He definitely has noticed that he's been shot in the back, but he is not uh, dropping from the pain of it all. Uh, in fact, he appears barely phased. Oh, goody. I will shoot him again. Uh, you're gonna just, you're, you're gonna keep a riddling? Yep. Absolutely. He's turned, like he's pivoted now that you've shot him, so now he's facing you. Give me a roll plus dex. Eight. Again. Eight again. Uh, is it gonna be ammo again? It's what it's for. Yep, that is what it's for. How much ammo do you got left? That is a good question. How many arrows are in a bundle? A hunter's bow has... A bundle of arrows is three ammo. Okay, so I have three bundles of arrow. Oh, four. I have one that wasn't... I must have picked up another one and forgotten to add, so I will do that. I have four bundles of arrows, which means that I now have ten arrows instead of... All right. Uh, Roll your damage. Eight. Eight is real good. Yes, it is. Uh, Vedran turns to you and roars. It is absolutely the sound a bear makes when it roars. And your arrow goes straight into his mouth. And he grows suddenly terribly silent as he just falls to the ground. Nobody messes with my kitty cat. Izzled, shit's about to get real bad. You can see that the snake cultists and Draga are not drastically affected by having lost their masks. Draga having not lost their mask at all. Right. And they are shouting at the Tegu, who is standing between them and now looking up to you, and then to them and back again. What do you do? I'm gonna tell the alchemist with me. It's time to rain down some death. What kind of death shall you rain? I'm gonna use that magic missile tube to enhance my magic missile spell and shoot Draga. You're gonna shoot Draga, the alchemist. I say, hey, yeah, he, his mask didn't even break. He's he's the one that's scaring me right now. <laughs> Give me a roll plus int. Tossing them magic missile spells. Hopefully, it won't blow up my staff, which is again, which is now a walking stick. <laughs> If it blows up again, it'll be a toothpick. Aww. 
You'll just have to get a cool new enchanted walking stick. All right, that's that's a nine. It's a nine total. Uh, nine's good. Are you actually using the magic missile tube? Too? Yes. Then great. It's essentially, it's expended for the day. That is the effect of having a partial success with it. Okay. Roll your damage. That's a six. Ooh. That's some nice damage. That's some nice damage. Try and Deva, two of the now maskless snake cultists, scream in terror as they find themselves just flung and levitating in front of Draga and take the shots to their chests, and they fall to their death. Jedin looks to Draga and looks briefly betrayed, and Draga, when he casts his gaze back to Jedin, Jedin's betrayal disappears, and he stares back up at you with hatred, ignoring his smoldering friends laying at Draga's feet. The lion Tegu is now climbing the gorge. Uh-oh. I have a thing I want to do. Kaya, what do you do? I would like to beat upon a hollow, petrified tree as if it was a drum, and attempt to um, to speak to the lion Tegu as I would speak to a Tegu, um, telling it that it is of the forest and I am of the forest and I mean it no we mean it no harm it should leave in peace but I am the king of this forest and my people my cubs are in danger these are you would leave in peace yet they lie dead these are not your cubs these are false cubs uh give me a roll plus cha oh that never goes well <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's a ten. It went well. Holy shit. Holy shit, Kaya rolled a ten cha. So the Tegu stops. You hear it bellow. And you, Kaya, you know that it has shouted enough. Everyone else, all that you see is that one of the trees at the top of the gorge, actually one right next to you, Isold just bends down, and essentially its largest branch sucks up the lion tegu, and it is simply gone. Oh, that's good, because oh, wow. the only thing I could do <laughs> about that lion tegu at this point would be just to run. <laughs> leave, Anton, leave, leave, leave Anton to, to stall it, and then just, you know, beat feet. Impediment. Yes? Flux has two steel daggers and is leaping at you. Well, let's see. I probably should not use my axe on them because I want them alive. Probably not expecting some solvent to the face. Doesn't that have to be careful? Well, I mean, we have more of it than we need. You have spare. So? Princeling is free. Sure. If I'm able to try and catch the daggers on my already ruined arm and uh, catch their mask face with the vial of solvent and, you know, try and catch them by applying it. Since your plan is taking it, can you give me a roll plus con to keep your shit together? Oh god, this is gonna suck. Yay, it's a ten! I don't always suck. I have a bad question. Are you already operating at a minus one con? Yes. Great. Why is why do you say it that way? I I I, I think this is grand. Okay. You you entangle his knife into your already mangled arm. 
you slam the solvent, which is in like a glass-like container, let's give it that, and it shatters onto his mask, and the mask begins to slip off. Meanwhile, because you decided to take it, and there's just no narrative way that this didn't hurt. Uh-huh. Uh, give me a 1d6. Alright. Actually, give me 2d6, because they're steel daggers. Ah, crap. That's what steel does in this world. Tell me it's at least take the best, not actually both of them. It's just, it's best. Yes. This okay. is best of 2d6. They're both threes. Well, great. You take three damage. Is and it your piercing? armor doesn't help, because oh. you're just hitting the already bad part. Well, no, I don't have real armor. I have, as long as I'm... Below oh, my load right. and wear neither armor nor carry a shield, I have plus one armor, effectively. Yeah, you're deflecting it. Yeah, sure. It's not piercing in that sense. Sure. You take three minus one armor damage. It's, so two damage. it's not hitting the artery. <laughs> yes. You're very good at not getting... Arterial damage. <laughs> Flux isn't, like, apologizing immediately. He does... Or they have a knife in you. I imagine they'd be a little disoriented and assume, I've woken up with my knife in someone. There must be a good reason for this. Yeah, yeah. They're definitely like bringing up their other knife because they're twin knifing it right now to strike you again when Hulk tackles them and slams them against the, the edge of the gorge. Oh, thank God. And is, is trying to, to quiet them down. Angus has finished Black Feathers. Oh, dear. Blackfeather's head is only optimally attached to their body still. Greycap, one arm, and red face all are descending upon you. Impediment. Hiya. What do you do? Uh... They've essentially sprouted whatever weapons they can sprout and are rushing at you. I'm going to see if I can manage to wield my axe one-handed in a somewhat defensive posture and cast a glance around to see if I can see our other rescuee target now that one of them's been taken care of before I get descended upon. <laughs> Give me a roll plus whiz. Whiz, whiz, whiz. Whiz biz. You get one question. Well, crap. As you are discerning realities, we'll say the name of the move at this time. Yes, I am discerning the realities. I mean, can I have a custom question of what the fuck is going on with the other guy we're supposed to be rescuing? Like, is that is that what should I be on the lookout for, or what here is valuable to me? That could be a who's really in control here, with the very specific we know that you're limiting it to Princeling. Okay, yeah. Princeling is free uh, right now. Blue Claw and Golden crown are attempting to to essentially skulk away they look like they're looking for weapons because they're they they would be sprouting them from their bodies but also they're not they were wearing masks and full masks at that so despite what their loyalties are they're very confused about their presence here princeling you can tell is mimicking them is acting as close to them as he can but he's also looking into the undercanopy on the east side of the gorge, trying to find a way out. Good. Good. Uh, but he is also, all three of those people are essentially being protected by Dijon, the other, uh, the other bear warrior. Okay, then I think I might have one more card up my sleeve for helping that one get, Princeling get away. 
I'm going to use a move I haven't used in a while. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to shout a battle cry at the the other big tough guy and these two little masky guys who still look dedicated and try and get them all on me. Get all that attention. I'm going to call them yellow-bellied tree leeches and call them cowards and things like that. Come get me. What the hell is the name of this move? The move is called What Are You Waiting For? I roll plus con on a 10 plus awesome on a less not as awesome. Give me a roll plus con. Oh, fuck me. God damn it. That isn't great. That is a complete failure. I don't have any special conditions for a complete failure. That's up to you. Uh, Mark XP. (laughs) Crap. So you cry out all of these insults. And uh, Blue Claw and Golden Crown and Dijon don't pay you any mind. You're shouting gibberish. Princeling shouts back. You can't call us yellow-bellied! You can't do that! Oh, for fuck's sake, he says. As Dijon and the others immediately turn to him and speak their incomprehensible language and grab him by the arms and begin to drag him away. Well, shit. Isold and Kaya. Yes, indeed. Actually, I think Isold at this point. They're dragging this dude away. Anton is at the edge of the gorge about to jump down to try to get to him. What do you do? I, uh, I'm going to yell down at Golden Crown and Blue, Blue Claw. Correct. Blue and, Claw. uh, and Princeling. And okay. tell them to rise up against the masked oppressors. Uh. Beat back your enslavers. Find your fighting spirits. You can do it, men. Didn't I? What? Princeling looks up at you like you're a maniac. All right, fine. Casting magic missile on Dijon. (laughs) 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 Providing covering fire? (laughs) Yep. Well, I tried. Princeling is just being dragged away by these people who don't speak English or common or whatever. Imperial, actually, technically. Uh, Yeah, give me a roll plus in. All right. Well, that is a success. Seven total. Um, gonna take minus one to subsequent cast cast a spell. Okay, makes sense. Uh, what's your damage? Hopefully, my buddies here, Eustace and Tristan, are helping me. Uh, they are each providing you know, plus one to damage as they are also attempting to use magic. Oh, good. So we're pouring down pouring down some damage. Uh, on Dejan for a total of six. Well, eight because my buddies are helping me. My 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 colleagues. You and your colleagues, your shots rain down, and Dijon, like, holds up that sword of his and, like, deflects one of the first bolts away. And then you see that the, the blade just kind of falls off as it gets devoured by the, by the power of this sulfuric gas that you shoot out. And you see sort of a dawning, slack-jawed horror as it hits him in the arm and the leg, and it gets him in the chest and he's beginning to back away, and you can see Draga reaching out to him and calling him out by name when the final shot strikes him on the side of the head, and he tumbles to the ground. Princeling is loose now, and Blue Claw and Golden Crown have flung themselves against the edge of the uh, gorge to try to get away from your shower of shots. Draga, on the other hand, is having none of this bullshit. That tree that reached down to grab the tegu before 
suddenly animates and launches essentially a, a lance of wood straight at you. It's not being thrown, it is just that a tree is now leaning at you with a branch protruding to stab you. What do you do, Isold? Uh, run away. Flee. Give me a roll plus dex. Well, that's the best I could do. You get a plus one because Anton is attempting to protect oh, you. Oh, good. That turns into a seven. <laughs> nice. Anton pushes you out of the way at the last moment just as you feel like you're going to be struck. He holds up his shield and the blow just sort of glances down it and straight into his left foot, pinning him there. Uh-oh. He screams and there is a lot of blood. Eustace and Tristran begin to bid their retreat. Kaya? Yes? You're unaware of what precisely is going on above you, but you do recognize Anton screaming. Well, as much as I feel a certain loyalty to Anton, I feel a greater loyalty to Impediment. And she looks like she is in some trouble. Aw, shucks. Uh, yeah, she is about to get shredded by a lot of dudes. So I don't want that to happen. Plus, Angus is down there. Angus is not unharmed, by the way. The attempts to pin him down have definitely resulted in significant scraping and scratching. Yes. So, let's see here. This looks like time for an arrow to the knee. Ooh. Uh, which, who are you going to aim at? So down there, as far as active combatants go, there is red face, one arm, and gray cap. One arm and gray cap are both dry masked warriors, and red face is the only remaining, I think, wet gray warrior? Uh, masked warrior? Let's go for gray cap. Okay. So this is a called shot on gray, ta- gray cap, trying to hit him, in the- and I get a 10. That is an arrow to the knee. Roll 1d8 for damage. I get a 6 damage. Uh, that'll do. That'll do? That, that that didn't so much pin their leg as lop their leg clean off. Oh my. Greycap isn't moving anymore. Greycap is just sort of still. As you would expect, maybe a dead tree to lay. Alright, I will now attempt to do the same thing to one arm. Uh, one arm is now paying attention, having seen that happen. Ah, so no more called shotness, but I will shoot him nope. nonetheless. Yeah. At the seven. So I do succeed in shooting him, but now I'm down to nine arrows. Dude, I need to buy some arrows. You'll be fine. Roll 1d8. Alright, that's a six. Uh, six is good. Six is perfect yet again. One arm turns to look at you and is beginning to like rush and you can actually see one of the trees from the top of the gorge reaching down to help him to get to you when your arrow goes into his throat and he falls to the ground as a lifeless mass and the tree just sort of goes back to normal as normal as trees in this forest go yeah all right red face it shall be is red face as is implied by the diagram entangled with impediment in some fashion in this volley of arrows and shots that you've done red face has essentially com- closed that ground with all right with your friend so i will instead actually ask impediment hi red face is pouncing upon you red face is also very much no longer human in the clearest of senses They have massive claws. Their feet have extended into being kind of like a wolf's feet. They now have an extra 
technically it's an extension of the joint, but they're they're now running on these sort of wooden talons. And the mask is starting to form a mouth. The mask can form a mouth? Yeah, it's kind of growing. Huh. What do you do? Shit. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to spare the wet ones, but uh, this does not look survivable without that mask, really. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of blood involved. I guess that's axe time. Is it, is it axe time? Is it time for the axe gang to take part? Uh, how do I feel about Axe Gang? Actually, I feel more like tripping them. Oh, Angus wants to help. Angus wants to help? Angus does not feel anything remotely like mercy towards these creatures, given previous things. His 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 dander is up. Kaya, could you give me a roll plus bond? Okay, with Angus or with- With, uh, with, uh, impediment. What should I be rolling to trip this guy? Uh, you are going to be attempting a roll plus dex to trip them. Cool. My roll plus bond is an eight. Uh, that's good. That means that Angus is is endangered by any failure that is made here. Oh, that's great. I feel Thanks. so confident about this. Oh, hey. That's a nine naturally, and then so that makes it a ten with the assist. I'm going to give you a terrible decision here because it's sort of a ten with the assist. What? Angus will kill Redface if you let Angus assist. If you want Redface to survive, you need to treat Angus like they were hindering. Oh, interesting. Stubborn. Dander. Stubborn. What do you do? If the folks who are freed from the masks are any indication, these guys think what they're doing is right, and these masks are clearly fucking evil. Yeah, no, I'm gonna go with the killing. All right. So you, like block this guy as they're rushing towards you and you, you've got this pole axe and you just kind of stop them in their traps as they're transforming into this sort of and and i i feel like reed would have this this feeling of the awe that she experienced at seeing that old growth and the knowledge that these guys would want to destroy something as amazing as that yeah yeah and as you hold this guy back angus grabs him by the neck and just drags him to the ground and just twists and rolls and eventually gets his back paws onto him as cats do when they catch prey and opens him up. Gross. Red face is rapidly being shredded by a very angry cat. Hulk grabs Flux and drags them over to where Riku is, is hidden in the western under canopy. Princeling has escaped into the eastern undercanopy. Golden Crown and Blue Claw have disappeared into the woods. They've, they've essentially just bolted outright. No one knows where Jedin and Draga are of the snake cult. As everyone has backed away from the edge of the gorge, what do y'all do in what appears to be a moment of possible respite? If it appears that the gorge is now empty, people that wish to cause us harm... I'm going to quickly walk a sanctuary in a, in a tight circle. I'm going to pull impediment into the under canopy and walk a small sanctuary so that we can have a safe place. And then I would like to cast, you know, some healing. Uh, you asked an important question. If it appears that everyone is gone, give me a roll plus whiz. Oh, okay. Some discern some realities. I was actually getting ready to... That's a 13 for my whiz. You have three questions as you poke your head out into the gorge, essentially, 
to look to essentially you're looking to see where Jedin and Drago went mm. as well as you know if any of the other anyone else has arrived all right so to do to see that i'm going to ask where they went and so what happened here recently seems appropriate draga and jedin have leapt into one of the trees at in the uh the thin area at the gorge mouth and they are now definitely atop the eastern gorge somewhere fired like cannons across to the canopy there which one's east the one that is over princeling thanks that was what i was going to do was i was going to fetch princeling and get him united with the group let us get two more questions. What here is useful or valuable to you? Riku, despite their earlier cries to not being prepared for this exact kind of thing, being a burglar, he's not all that hurt. And he's downed one of two healing potions that he's had on him this whole time. <laughs> so he's been feigning a continued injury, and also you can see that he has an extra healing potion. Awesome. I will appropriate that in a moment. Um, what should I be on the lookout for? Jedin and Draga are not sneaking into the under canopy or doing anything else. You can definitely hear something very big happening, uh, moving towards this space at an incredibly high speed. How big is big? Something at minimum of sapling sized. Yep. All right. I think it's time to make a, a rapid exit as rapidly as we can exit. Um... Let's grab Princeling, and I have um, Cure Light Wounds as a rote, and so can do that. Impediment. You say that you're going to go grab Princeling? Yeah. All right. You have to, like, squeeze in. Like, you are actually on the the sort of upper end of things that can fit into the spaces in the under canopy. Yeah. Because you're huge. Yeah. And so you, you're going to spend a little bit of time doing that, just for dramatic tension's sake. Oh, yeah. That, I like it. Izzled. That tree that is pinning Anton's foot down, slash kind of through his foot, it isn't moving. It seems to have decided that that's going to be where it stays forever. That sucks. Eustace and Tristan have Tristan have sort of moved themselves a safe distance from the gorge because they're not convinced this is over yet. Isold, what do you do? <sighs> I go help Anton extricate himself. What plan do you execute to do that? He is pinned down by the his lanced through his foot is the end of a large branch of essentially an oak tree. Right. So I get to work cutting that um, that root for him, with him. I assume that's what he's doing. Yes, he's attempting. He's not being. He's not able to get much in the way of leverage against it. He has one of those woods pole axes, and so as soon as he sees you coming over to sort of help, he hands you that axe and leans away and looks away. You strike the tree, you say? I start sawing at the um the root that has him has him transfixed, has his foot transfixed. You hear him like sigh, a thankful sigh, and he essentially pulls out his sort of spare blade and also just kind of hacks. He knows it's useless, but he's just glad that your first response, you, Isolt Heisenberg, the one he is most frightened of, didn't just take his leg. <laughs> I was thinking it, but... <laughs> Impediment. Hi. Princeling is curled up uh, with his, his arms around his knees in this under canopy. He's looking at his hands, which still have 
wooden claw extensions coming from their fingertips and just sort of rocking. And he sees you sort of come into the under canopy cavern where he is. And he looks over at you and his voice asks no questions. What do you do? I don't know if you saw it, but that was Hulk with us. You're princeling, right? With that mercenary band? Uh, the iron? Steel? No. Something kings? We're the steel kings. And and yes, that's that's me. Um, what happens now? It's a good question. I think there might have been more of them, so we should probably regroup instead of uh, being on our own. Short term, long term, get the fuck out of the forest. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He stands up. I'll go first just in case uh, shit's gonna hit the fan again. And then I'll cover you when you go into the other side. Y'all are able to cross without any great ha impediment. Bump pish. Bump pish. Uh, oh. <laughs> Flux had not transformed nearly as far. And when he sees Princeling, he hugs him. Well, I'm sorry, they hug Princeling. Nice. And. You see Flux look to Princeling's hands, and they both, you know, look sad in the same way. That, uh, Angus returns to, uh, to Kaya. Ah, good, good. The woods are roaring in the east. Yeah. And a great thundering crackle is on its way. What do you do? Class cure light wounds. I'm gonna see if I can get the rest of our group regrouped down here. It probably is safer. Yeah, I'm gonna go poke up that way, see if I can do anything to speed uh, freeing Anton or ushering Tristan and Eustace down into the undercanopy. Kaya, yes. give me your roll plus whiz for your cure light wounds. And who are you casting this on? I'm going to grab the extra healing potion from Riku and hand it to Impediment. Aw, oh, beans! Yeah, no, you don't need it nearly as much as she does. And then um, I will cast Cure Light Wounds on Angus. Ah, nice. Uh, give me a roll plus whiz. That's a 12. It's 12. That's great. It's uh, what, 1d8? Oh, it's only a 1. Uh, it's only a 1. And you've made a new interesting uh, addition to Angus's anatomy. Oh, jeez. Even here in the Goldenwood, you... I abstractly, you are suddenly aware that a different force intercedes on your potion. Your potion changes color even as you apply it. And Angus blossoms from their wounds this sort of golden, golden colored bark is mixed in with his fur now. And loads of these little scars that Angus has gotten over these years traveling with you now bristle up with this. And Angus, much more than ever before, is truly now a bark cat. <laughs> How long have you been saving for that? Really? I haven't! I just realized it! I mean, I've been expecting it since your healing stuff started giving us bark, so... <laughs> I'm disappointed in you, Trick. Everything is going so well! I really should congratulate them, if they make it out alive. Join us next episode for the exciting conclusion of the Crooked Thimble Plays Iron Immortals. If you like what we do and wish there was more of it, please review and recommend the show on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen to it. And if you can, please support our Patreon at patreon.com crookedthimble. We have a Discord there, and patrons can come chat with us. Admittedly, 
we're in Sweden, so we're rarely online at reasonable hours. It's great? Our music this week was composed by Sergei Tremzinov. You may find links to his work in the show notes. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show, and, as always, thank you.